0: Welcome to the Duck Tapes, a podcast for duckheads. I am your host, John Hoppenthal. And joining me in the duck pond this week is Adam Billikan. Adam <laughs> Adam. And today he's going to talk about uh, native modules in React Native. So, Adam, welcome. Thank you for coming.
1: Hi, John. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, it's interesting. You are now our third guest from Zurich um second french guest i guess from zurich indeed so um i guess we are getting a pretty big following over there i wonder if i came to visit if i would uh need to hide from the paparazzi or is there a lot of talk on the street about duct tapes
1: yes yes definitely you should come we are all (laughs) waiting for you here
0: (laughs) you'll be at the airport with a sign i'm sure (laughs) yeah definitely um so so you uh, contacted us on twitter um mentioning that you work with React Native um, often, and that you had a background in native coding. And so you wanted to discuss native modules. Um, and you also mentioned something that I think is true, which is that quite a few React Native developers tend to just skip over, um, dealing with native modules because it, it sort of seems scary. Um, so why do you think, why do you think that is?
1: Why it's scary, you mean? Um, or,
0: yeah, like, I guess, why, because why, uh, it's such a powerful tool, yeah. but it does seem like many people don't know about it even.
1: Yeah, it's true. So, actually, there is a, a nice sentence, even in the native module uh, web page from, from React Native. It says, uh, we don't expect it to be part of the usual development process. However, right. it is essential that it exists. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like that sentence. And I think... The reason why a lot of uh, React Native developers don't know about native modules or don't use them is because most of the time they don't need it actually. So uh, they mm-hmm. are they are actually using native modules without even realizing that they're using native modules. Uh, but I had the chance to uh, work on projects where uh, it was required that I write myself my own native modules to work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was the, like, what problem were you facing where you needed to use a, a self-created native module?
1: So it was mostly, uh, existing native code, uh, native libraries in C or in mm-hmm. C plus plus that we needed to use on the mobile side.
0: hmm interesting. So, so what is the first step if you, if you realize you're working on a project on a react native project and you realize that you're going to need to um create a native module yourself because some bridge doesn't already exist what's what's the steps you would take
1: so there are two two ways i would say the first one is if you already have um an existing library you want to use in your react native code then you Mm -hmm. can start right away by uh opening your xcode project and you Mm -hmm. start or or uh, android studio and you start creating your native code uh, to begin with. Or alternatively, you can use uh, a package that is called create-react-native-module uh, that hmm. will let you create a, a module, a native module from scratch. And the, the main advantage here is that you can then distribute your uh, module via, via NPM.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so, so I guess how is it that, I mean, how much native coding knowledge would you need? I mean, do you just kind of, because you have a background in those languages, so it's a little easier for you, but for someone like myself, for example, who who knows primarily JavaScript, Mm -hmm. um, is it just kind of piecemealing the little methods that you need together? Um, I've only done one native module and it was for quite literally one function. Um, so it was relatively basic. Um, so I didn't need to really have much experience with objective c or java um so what would you say to developers that are you know just strict react native developers
1: yeah okay i, I mean to be honest it might be uh, tricky so um mm-hmm. the thing is sometimes it can even go beyond uh, objective c or or java for the projects that i'm oh, no. involved in oh yeah <laughs> the <laughs> projects i am involved in they have native libraries written in c and c so on iOS, it's really cool because you can use something that is called Objective C++. So in the same, okay. in the same file, you can have Objective C and C++ code combined. So you don't need mm-hmm. to, to separate them. Uh, whereas on Android, it gets really tricky because with native modules, you can only communicate between JavaScript and Java. But
0: mm-hmm. then
1: you need to communicate between Java and C or C++ which requires oh. which requires uh, something called GNI for Java Native Interface, and there it gets really, really tricky. So if, if you only need uh, an increment function, of course, just do it mm-hmm. in JavaScript, don't go the yeah. native module way, but um, it, it can get tricky easily, even more so if you need to, to use native code uh, and by native, I mean C, C++, not Objective-C, Java, even if you have to, mm-hmm. to go beyond these uh, platform-specific uh, programming languages.
0: So, so what challenges were you facing that you needed to um, go that deep into the, into the native world, mm-hmm. like what type of app were you building?
1: Yeah. So it all started with a, a, a blockchain project where they needed okay. a mobile wallet and with blockchain project i think that's a typical example where one would need native modules because these projects they have their own libraries usually written in c, c++ or they're also mm-hmm. uh, these days using golang a lot um, because of all the cryptographic part they have their own functions their own signing functions encrypting decrypting functions uh, mm-hmm. and most of the time there is no existing javascript uh solution so you mm-hmm. either
0: why, why why would that be where there would be no existing javascript solution it's really
1: because because it can be something very specific so there are two free big blockchain projects like bitcoin mm-hmm. or ethereum um and then there are projects that are completely different and write their own blockchain from scratch so the blockchain mm-hmm. itself uh, is what we call a node, so it has some specific functions, and to interact with this node, you have there are strict rules that you have to follow. So a specific mm-hmm. signing method, an encryption decryption method that are very very specific to that particular project, and that's this uh, s- that's what makes this project so sp- special actually. Mm-hmm. That's really all they need. So if you, there is no existing libraries, except if the team itself created the javascript libraries before sure
0: okay so i want to take a step back a little bit because i am uh, very unfamiliar with blockchain mm-hmm. and cryptocurrency and, and that whole world i always you know hear the buzzwords and, and see the articles but i haven't taken a deep dive mm-hmm. um is there any i guess could you maybe break down what what blockchain is and what purpose it serves and why it is um, becoming so immensely popular.
1: Sure, with pleasure.
0: So, to someone to someone that doesn't know. So Okay. <laughs> because I, I definitely have no idea.
1: Yeah, okay. So um, by definition, blockchain, it's a chain of blocks. What are the mm-hmm. blocks? The blocks are any kind of data. So that's also what we call the ledger, a shared ledger. So okay. it's keeping track of something, and then uh, being able to share this information with uh, other people. So a lot Mm -hmm. of people compare it to a database, but of course it's Mm -hmm. much more advanced than a simple database. So the main principles of blockchain is that, first of all, it's decentralized. Mm -hmm. So different peoples are running the blockchain on their computers, so it cannot be controlled by a single entity. Uh, this is okay. this is very uh, important for blockchain project being decentralized. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is that it's an immutable uh, shared ledger. Uh, it's immutable because uh, the chain is created by keeping track of the previous block. So you always have mm-hmm. a link uh, between two consecutive blocks. Mm-hmm. So okay. block, block two knows block one, block three knows two, four knows three, mm-hmm. and then it goes. Mm-hmm. So at any time, if there is uh, someone trying to tamper with the data or to modify something, the chain is broken. And you can verify mm. this with uh, hashing functions because uh, hashing functions are very strict. You need the, ex- the identical input to have the correct output. Even if there mm-hmm. is a very tiny change in the input, uh, the, the, the output of the hash is completely different and the chain is uh-huh. broken.
0: So it'll notice that what it's trying to match from the previous block exactly. is even in the slightest bit incorrect. Okay.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's correct. So when the chain is broken, then uh, there is no more consensus. And then you know that something is wrong mm-hmm. and it's decentralized and public. And the, the biggest example is of course, so blockchain is used mostly for uh, cryptocurrencies these days mm-hmm. but that's not the only use case i think it makes a lot of sense in cryptocurrency so it goes back to 2009 the satoshi nakamoto mm-hmm. paper about bitcoin where the idea was to make microtransactions easy and cheap so that i could mm-hmm. send you a tiny amount of any cryptocurrency very easily and for a very low at a very low fee uh, mm-hmm. but these days it goes uh, beyond uh, because it's more than only for transactions, it also, it's, it's also used for as a shared ledger. So you can keep track of everything into a blockchain. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that everybody can see what's happening. Nobody can tamper with the data. And it's also uh, hmm. a secure way of, of sharing all this information.
0: It, that is a good breakdown and interesting. <laughs> so. With with, with cryptocurrency, that's something else that I'm, Mm -hmm. I just can't wrap my head around. Like, how do you, how does, and this might seem super naive and basic, but how does the value, like, how does a cryptocurrency have value? Like, how does it, how do you, I I guess, I don't even know how you would use it to pay for something. Like, I don't understand. Mm. I'm so unfamiliar with this world.
1: Yeah, okay. I don't think I will be of much help here. <laughs> because okay, okay. Something, that's fine. Yeah, in terms of, of finance, it's just uh, the market. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the demand, and when the demand increases, the market follows and the price changes. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the only reason I can give you right now.
0: <laughs> no, that, that, yeah, that's fine. I'm still, every time I hear it, I'm like, well, the idea sounds great, but I mm-hmm. can't. There's just some blocker in my head where I can't quite uh, wrap my head around it. Okay. So then, so blockchain was the kind of catalyst to get you to start working with native modules in React Native. Mm -hmm. I'm curious why you came from um, building apps natively to working in React Native.
1: So I started with native programming. Uh, By chance, actually, Uh, it was Mm -hmm. a a very simple game that I wrote for a a lady here. She was writing books for kids and she wanted to digitalize it. So to to bring the books to the iPads Uh and and to have the book, the audio plus some additional games. Yeah. And she already started with a developer. He was working with native code and I just took the project over and continue with native programming. So it was simple. Mm Uh, Java for uh, Android and Objective-C for uh, iOS. Mm-hmm. Then in the meantime, I just continued a bit into the animations and I I used a bit Unity 3D uh, working mm-hmm. with augmented reality. So this was also something different, C sharp and it's also not properly native. And then mm-hmm. slowly switching to React Native. So it was still very new and it, it, it all started with a startup ID we had with friends to build an, an on-demand uh, laundry service uh, okay. uh, a la, la Uber. So we had two parts, the, the client and the service providers. And at the mm-hmm. time, I, I just started reading about React Native and I thought that it would be just a perfect uh, excuse for me to try React Native and to see mm-hmm. what I can really build with it because uh, according to what I was reading, it was supposed to be uh, to, to, to provide a faster Uh, development Mm -hmm. and so for me it was just because I needed to develop to to program two different apps so I thought yeah Mm -hmm. okay let's let's give it a try that's that was Mm -hmm. my really first jump into react native
0: and what did you what was that experience like after having to build two separate code bases for say the book app um jumping to react native I mean obviously it, it probably was efficient but were there any any things that you felt like you could have done better natively that React Native prevented you from doing?
1: I think I'm still, I always have this, this question in my mind and I'm still trying mm-hmm. to find a, a proper answer to it. Uh, maybe I am biased. The fact that I am so used to native modules for both mm-hmm. platforms, I feel like I am not blocked by anything. I mean, I would.
0: Interesting.
1: Even even without really thinking too deep, whenever I have an idea of an app or I'm just starting to get involved into a new project, I don't even ask myself, should I go native or react native? I'm just like react native init awesome project and then yeah. start and then really think a bit later on and I usually mm-hmm. find a solution that I can create either myself or take an existing library and play a bit with the native code so that I can make it really fit uh, my own need. So I might be biased on that s- situation, but I would usually, by default, start with React Native.
0: That is, that that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like maybe some native developers that maybe haven't tried out React Native are a little bit um, skeptical of how, how powerful it can be. Maybe because it had sort of a, a rough beginning Mm -hmm. as many libraries do but i feel like now kind of like you were saying there are i haven't run into anything that i like purely truly cannot do um, with some sort of thing in react native
1: yeah no totally
0: and then even like for the one native module that that i had to build we just had a client who wanted to integrate with salesforce and there was something that they had in, in a native uh a native library like you said that we needed to expose and initially I was petrified thinking mm-hmm. like, there's no way that I could deal <laughs> with Java or with uh, objective C, but you know, t- t- a couple hours later and w- it was working fine in react native. Yeah. It. Like it's really, it's not that scary. Once you kind of dive in there and dig around.
1: No, no, it's amazing. I mean, and even more so compared to other solutions like Ionic, Cordova, Flutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have this advantage that it's, it's just clear this, this link between React Native and Native has never been so clear. So it's just like you can just combine both. You can use one more than the other. I mean, there is just one project where I am pure React Native, and this is the, the starter project I mentioned. But for most mm-hmm. of the other projects, at some point I have to deal with Native modules and I feel comfortable with it. So I don't,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't see any way that would really stuck me. So recently I had to use Stripe and they have mm-hmm. this new legislation where you have this 3d secure system and there is hmm. there is an existing npm library but it's not officially supported by stripe so it's you, hmm. your own risk to use it or you use their own uh, uh, native ios or android sdk uh-huh. and, and for me it was just obvious i just took it so i had a bit of work to do to integrate the views sure. into the native part but in the end it worked fine and uh, and i think it, it for me, I, I feel more secure in a sense that I used it the proper way. I was supposed to use it instead of I didn't do yes. any trick or anything like that. It just works as it would work on a native project.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Is that sometimes you can find uh, React Native libraries that do kind of um, use a little manipulation or, or tricks <laughs> yes. to get around get 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 around um, requirements of of you know large corporation libraries and it. Yeah, to go in and actually use what they are telling you to use is great. Was that, was that very time consuming building those native modules for Stripe or was it relatively straightforward?
1: No, no, for Stripe, it was, it was even easier because you don't properly. You don't really build something. You really need to make the, the link correctly between mm-hmm. React Native and Native so that you can call uh, a UI view properly without disrupting the, the normal use of the app, because the idea is that mm-hmm. it just launch an alternative screen so that you can verify your 3d code and then it comes back to the app so this one was mm-hmm. quite easy i mean it was much more work for the blockchain the, the 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 cryptographic part of the project that i had
0: sure so how did that how did that app turn out with uh the books and the stories did that end up coming to react native eventually, or is it still does exist as a native project? No,
1: unfortunately not. She, she gave up because she had other projects going on and then oh, no. she had to stop. I, I loved this, these apps. I don't have kids yet, but I love the apps because she mm-hmm. was really into putting a lot of translations. You had like these 10 different languages. It was mm-hmm. really, really good. I loved them, but unfortunately she had to stop the project.
0: Oh no. Cause that, yeah, that's another one. I, that sounds ideal for React Native as well, but it's, it's kind of like you said, like, I can't think of a project where I would, my initial reaction, gut reaction would be, oh, this won't work in React Native. Mm-hmm. Like it really feels like if anything, it opens doors, like a- anything seems possible, um, and we bring it up on the show a lot, but particularly with, uh, the reanimated library, cause for a while animation seemed like what was really holding uh, React native back because yeah. of the communication yeah. between you know the native thread and the UI thread, but now that that that's there and and available, it's I mean, yeah. There's just not much that we can't do.
1: Yeah, no, clearly. I mean, we see what what William is is doing with with it. So it's, well, it's just it's,
0: he, he seems like he's on the on kind of on the bleeding edge. Like every time, sometimes I watch his videos really. and he like <laughs> he goes so fast, and I'm like, what?
1: How are you? What happened?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, these, these are the have two you-
1: things that, uh, sorry, so I, not that um, makes me wonder, but two things that I would have loved kind of an, an, an improvement would be, first of all, uh, some small performance issues or like in general, like the app size at the end, you end up of It's not bloated, but you know, this node modules, I would like to sometimes you install a package, you completely forget that and you don't even use it in the end. So you have yes. to clean, I mean, these kind of small things, but I think these mm-hmm. are also getting uh, the attention to the, to the core team. So I I know, and, and it's clear that they are working on this and it's even not yeah. a proper issue. These are just small things, I would say.
0: Yeah, they're just nice to have. But yeah, when they started splitting out a lot of those um, libraries, like async storage and kind so, of um, putting it out to so the community yeah. and just making the, the core project a lot more lean, I think that that's... Um, that's helping. It feels like this next year is going to be pretty massive for the library. It seems like they have a lot of plans and they're finally improving the docs, which I <laughs> am very excited about. I, I keep seeing the the tweets about, um, they're requesting help to go and rewriting uh, a lot of their docs, which is awesome. Yeah. Cause yeah. those have been sort of uh, sparse for a while <laughs> where you'll right, go to, yeah, to look I something know. up and there's like properties missing or just weird <laughs> examples. So, um, have you worked a lot with, Uh, in your right native apps with gesture handling and animations, or has that been an issue for you at all?
1: No, it was usually, uh, my, my go to library is just uh, React navigation. And Mm -hmm. it was enough for, for the projects I I was involved in. So I never had to do advanced animations or or, or UI UX things that would require to use a specific libraries or even into reanimated, I am not very comfortable yet with, with reanimated. Mm-hmm. It's just, usually I, ha- I just have a different screen and it's a simple navigation mm-hmm. that I'm used to have in, in these apps.
0: hmm and, and even the vanilla animated library that ships with React native, that's still pretty powerful. If you're just doing a simple animation, I, it's kind of surprising what you can do sometimes. The only thing, if we were speaking about, I guess, small improvements, the, the responder system. Um, that comes with react native. The pan responder is one that I am not a fan of just cause mm-hmm. if you're doing anything else while you're interacting with the gestures, if you're doing any other calls mm-hmm. in the app, it kind of falls apart. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's my one complaint react native, but gesture handler takes care of it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> if anybody's listening to this, um, but it's, I remember seeing some talk where they were, I don't know where it is in the, um, in the roadmap, but they were, there was some big improvement they were going to have between the native thread and the, and the JavaScript thread interaction. I, I, I'll try to link it in the show notes, but there was some kind of exciting news, um, coming down the pipe. So that should be interesting. So what do you have, what are you working on now? Blockchain Blockchain stuff pretty much all the time. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm really into the combination blockchain plus React Native. And th- this, mm-hmm. this, is, this is also something really cool. There are a lot of big companies that are into blockchain uh, mm-hmm. that are using React Native for their production apps. Uh, mm-hmm. And This is something that clearly shows us that there is no there is no more proper distinction or and, and we are talking about projects that needs to be highly secure. Uh, we are mm-hmm. talking about uh, people's money. Uh, so, the, the yeah. storage, they, they use the iOS keychain or the Android shared preferences with encryption decryption. This is very mm-hmm. important, finger, uh, uh, so um, touch ID, face ID for, for for security. So that that's really what also still keeps me working with React Native because it's just clear. I mean, people in this topic, in the blockchain uh, domain, they're, they're using React Native more and more. Mm-hmm. And what I am doing my daily. Uh, tasks are usually I'm working on different projects. I am a freelancer mm-hmm. on different blockchain related projects. And for most of them, it's uh, mobile wallets that lets mm-hmm. uh, users send and receive the cryptocurrency of the, of the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I also worked with uh, a social media platform that was using the blockchain. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Sapien Network, and it's a pretty cool project. Uh, mm-hmm. So So, where um, you use the blockchain not only for transactions, so they also have their own token, a uh, utility mm-hmm. token that you can kind of collect. So if you create good content, you collect from this token, which makes you like uh, a good content creator. Uh-huh. And the whole system uh, helps to 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 control uh, trolls and also fake news, just this mm-hmm. this system of using the the utility token is really powerful for this uh, social media networks.
0: That's an interesting use case for blockchain that I never would have considered that. And speaking of social media, your Mm -hmm. Instagram feed, those pictures are like straight out of a catalog. They are. Oh, wow. Thank you. (laughs) They're so nice looking. Every time I look at your feed, I want to like buy a new monitor or or a plant for my desk or something. They're (laughs) all like, they look like they're professionally shot. So that's, uh, Check out, we'll link to your feed too. Yeah. But it's, it's, I I was surprised that you obviously put a lot of, a lot of care into that. When you are working with your, uh, blockchain and react native, have you considered creating your own library that exposes some of that stuff or is it all so specific to the app that you're making that that wouldn't make any sense?
1: It is very specific. I mean, it's right. usually, uh, for example, I'm involved in, in, in the QRL project. It's the quantum resistant ledger project, where the mm-hmm. idea is uh, to, to create this blockchain that is quantum resistant. And there, uh, even there, the library of the project is called QRL lib. So it's the library itself is very specific to the project itself. And mm-hmm. that's what makes the project so special. It's the library. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I meant also earlier, where there is no existing JavaScript solutions because Mm -hmm. this project really invented this type of uh, combination of cryptographic algorithms to make this project uh, real and and working. So Mm -hmm. uh, there are existing JavaScript libraries for Bitcoin, Ethereum, so the big ones, Mm -hmm. uh, because these are now considered standards, so you can already install Mm -hmm. them. Uh, I think it's called Bitcoin JS, like NPM install Bitcoin JS. And then you can start using it out of the box. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's not the case for the project I am involved in.
0: What, what does quantum resistant mean? Is that, hmm. is that just, <laughs> I, it, it sounds like, it sounds like it's from the future. It is, but,
1: it, uh, is. it is. So yeah, I guess that,
0: I guess that's true. It'll be out soon. Uh, so, but yeah, that, that sounds so interesting. So the idea is that,
1: uh, for, um. For Bitcoin and most of the the blockchain technologies out there, they are using uh, the ECDSA algorithm, so elliptical curve Mm -hmm. uh, algorithm uh, that creates uh, from random numbers, you get a private key and then you can generate a public key out out of it. There is no (laughs) way to go back from the public key to the private key. So the private Mm. key is really what you have to keep secret. Uh, With normal computers these days, you cannot go back. You cannot find out what was the, pub- the private key associated with this mm-hmm. public key. But the idea is that with quantum computers, you'll be able to break this uh, algorithm. But this is al- this is also mm-hmm. true for HTTPS, for a lot of things that we use daily, not only blockchain, mm-hmm. uh, because quantum computers use qubits instead of bits. Mm-hmm. So you have this zero, 01 and you have a zero, 01 state combined. So that's what makes them really powerful. But they are still um, lab, uh, lab level computers, so you cannot use them at home. It's really, yeah. I mean, they, they really need a lot of care, attention, and, and, but, but it's coming. Recently Google announced they reached um, quantum supremacy, meaning that they were able to beat a normal computer in a specific algorithm with a quantum computer. But wow. we're, we are still far from uh, uh, using quantum in our daily lives. That's that's clear.
0: Yeah, quantum supremacy sounds like a like a <laughs> sci fi horror movie. <laughs> or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, it,
1: it is. <laughs> it really sounds like it.
0: That, that is so funny. Um, let's see if I have any other blockchain or rea- I think that is it. We do have a uh, a new popular segment on the show. OK. Um, that's <laughs> been around now for just two episodes. So it's gaining, gaining popularity called uh, quack quack. Give me a track, which is where you need to give me one song to put on the official uh, duct tapes playlist that is coming to Spotify or by the time this episode comes out, it'll be on Spotify. So if you had to give me one song and you can send it, well, it'd be nice if you had the title now, you can send it later if you like, but what would you choose?
1: So one song that would come out in the podcast that you know, it's gonna i missed that
0: no we're we're gonna add it we're gonna sorry yeah we're gonna start a, a playlist on spotify and then every guest is gonna add a song to it
1: ah okay <laughs> hmm let's go for tarkan
0: you know tarkan what is it <laughs> i don't no no, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, it's who's a, this a,
1: it's a very cliche turkish uh it's he, he's a turkish uh singer very very famous actually well apparently not that famous but <laughs> so he's <laughs> well
0: i i, I might at, not be that that worldly at, i think that's the answer here
1: <laughs> at some point it was okay, very so cliche then, so every every turkish people in europe were just called tarkan so um maybe we can go with a tarkan song
0: okay yeah yeah send me the the song that you want to put on and then we're going to have the link to okay, the playlist cool. and all the and all the show notes um so i really appreciate you coming on where would you like to send people where should they follow you where can they find you
1: yeah so i'm i'm trying to be quite active on social media so as you said on instagram Mm -hmm. and also on twitter so i have the same uh username so it's adam can underscore net uh trying to and that's adam
0: with an e yes
1: correct a-d-e-m-c-a-n and okay. I'm trying to share a lot of, so I also have a blog Adam <laughs> mm-hmm. where I'm trying to share, not as often as I would like to actually writing some blog posts about react native, some tips and tricks. And for example, I'm writing now a blog post about this Stripe, uh, how I use the Stripe 3DS in react native because I couldn't find anything. Uh, I had to do it yeah. myself. So I, I thought it would also be very helpful for other developers.
0: Absolutely. I, I think so and then i'm all right so we so so we'll follow you there on twitter on instagram definitely check out adam's instagram guys because it's like an ikea catalog um (laughs) and then at adamcan.net uh follow me or follow the duct tapes duct tapes fm instagram and twitter it is I, i when we started this podcast i found it much more challenging than i'd anticipated to consistently put out posts on social media. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be like nothing, but finding things that are kind of relevant and interesting to say, at least for me, has, has been more of a challenge than I expected.
1: Yeah, no, I, I do have this, the exact same struggle. I feel like I have so many things I could share. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in front of your Twitter or Instagram, you're like, Oh, what am I supposed, what am I going to say? Or share yeah, or, yeah. Is it really Or, or
0: ha- have already have I already said this a thousand times? Or <laughs> should I you know like that that's what I am like am I just repeating myself now? You just go check um, your
1: own profile to be sure that you're not yeah.
0: saying things again and again. I, I just retweet myself. That's all I do. Um all right, Adam. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Um I'll send you, you much. uh some notes about when this is coming out, and we'll have all everything we talked about will be linked in the show notes. So everybody check that out. Thank so you. really appreciate much. it. Thanks. Thanks thanks. for having me. Talk to you later.
1: Thank you. All right.
0: Powered by Vincent. Quack, quack.